episode number 122, The State of Camaro with GM Authority. Welcome to The Camaro Show, a podcast about all things Camaro and GM performance news. I'm Chris Frezzo. And I'm Jason Debler. We're your hosts for this week's episode of The Camaro Show. Want to be part of our show? It's easy. Just leave a message on our voicemail hotline at 586-486-3182. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And welcome back, everyone, for another exciting episode of The Camaro Show. I'm Chris. I'm Jason. And we have a special guest this week in the studio with us. Welcome, Manny from GMAuthority.com. Hey, guys. Yeah. What's going on? I'm happy to be back. This is, I think, what, the third show we've yeah, done together? Absolutely. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's a treat. So this week, we're just going to jab a jaw at you. We're just going to jab a jaw at you. Okay. Because we we uh, we got into this last last week. We just called Camaro Future, right? You wrote this awesome article on your website about what's going on with Camaro right now, what maybe they could do to fix it. And what we're going to what we're going to do is we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk. And you know what? see let what's me, going let on. Let me let me just set this everybody listening unless you're driving. <laughs> I want y'all just to kind of sit back, get a beer or pretend you have a beer and pretend you're sitting in in my garage or Chris's garage or your own garage and we're there and we're going to start BSing. Get in that mindset and let's go. We're going to talk about, well, let's start off with the sales. Sales got released um, this week for July. Mm-hmm. And once again, um, Camaro came in third amongst Mustang, Challenger, and Camaro, the, the, the muscle cars out there that we've been tracking forever. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Every month we, we talk about the same thing. Either this is exactly what Chevrolet is looking at doing, or... It's, mm-hmm. It might, you know, not entirely according to plan. Yeah. So what I did was I reached out to um, Chevrolet Communications and I asked for a quote because I, I just want to know what Chevrolet thinks. I said, how do you guys feel about the sales figures, you know, with July and, you know, mm-hmm. not selling as good with the sixth generation Camaro? And uh, the response back was um, Camaro sales are holding up. Uh, CYTD calendar year to date, uh, they're above average. Uh, with the average transaction price, and retail shares are up. Um, Challengers are growing uh, share by deep discounting, and Mustang does a lot of fleet sales. That we've talked about. Mm-hmm. We, we've been talking about that. We know Mustang does plays fleet games every month. We know they're, they're selling a ton of cars to fleet. Um, this was something I actually talked about quite a bit at the beginning of the 6th Gen Life. And, and that was something what, when, when Monty was over at, at Chevrolet, he, he told me. Shout out to Monty. <laughs> yeah, to Monty, Monty, our old friend. Yeah, he said, uh, we're, we are concentrating on not doing that with the sixth generation because he says, you know, when you, when you sell, you know, 10,000 cars to Avis, they're not paying the same amount of, no, they're, it, they're it, paying. They buy in, in bulk, right? right? It's, it's like going to Costco. Exactly. So they are intentionally not playing those kind of fleet games or, 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 or selling a lot of cars to fleet. Not to say that they haven't before. No, but, you know, no. Look they, at the fifth gen. I mean, yeah, over you know, 110, 120,000 cars in a, in a year. I, there was a lot of fifth gen rental cars, let me tell you. <laughs> we actually keep track of, we've, we've kept track of, of, of monthly sales numbers on GM Authority for the, for the Camaro going all the way as back as since we've been around since 2010. And the best year that the uh, Camaro had in the United States, uh, it's it was 2014, and it was 86,297 vehicles. Hmm. 86,000. And, you know, that was the final year of the Gen 5. And then you saw the Gen 6 roll out um, in 2015, and it dropped uh, by 9,000 units. And then it dropped again by another 5,000 units in 2016. So right now, since the Camaro has been reintroduced, since the 2010 model year, it's coming off its worst year ever. Yeah. Yep. At 72,000 yeah. 72, units, 705. Uh, it's been the worst year since, since Camaros have been reintroduced. Yeah, come back. And now we, we see, uh, what do we have got right now? We've got charts say that we're still down a little bit, right? Uh, year to date, 2.5%. But it's 
nothing compared to the beating that the Mustang's taking. <laughs> yeah. The Mustang is down almost a full 30%, 29.94% in year-to-date sales. Wow. And it that kind of just speaks to the overall health of the segment. And, you know, but it's also the whole automotive market is is experiencing this sort of in general in general downturn as a whole uh it's it's more about just like consumer confidence it's about the strength of the second hand market because right now you can get some really nice used cars as as you know jason <laughs> you know you got your you you went for a z06 and instead of a camaro ss why because it was a more appealing price you can get a lot a lot of horsepower you can get a lot of metal for your money yep and that I did. Hmm. But oh. <laughs> it's yeah, it's da da mic drop da da yeah. da da. I mean, I, I mean, that's. I mean, what more can you say about that? Yeah, I mean, we, you even look at Gen Gen fives. So it points to demand that uh, the Gen five is still kind of a desired vehicle when you look at uh, ZL one prices from Gen five. Like they, they're holding, they're steady, because mm-hmm. you look at Gen six and it's. That much more expensive. It's also that much more horsepower. That much more performance. Yeah, and like, sure. I, I mean, all by all accounts, blows the Gen Five ZL1 right out of the water. Yeah. But yep. there's still, you know, there's still a case for people still wanting the Gen Five. And you know, it, it's it's almost as if uh, the Gen Six is trying to fight its way out of a shadow. That's that's a good way of putting it. it it's almost like the way it is because it, even even though. Um, you you have all this technology and all of the superior handling. I'm like I've driven these cars on the track; they're great. They they still seem to to lack a certain amount of appeal that the Gen Five has. It I I don't know. Like I I don't own a Camaro, right? But we we see it. We're we're seeing it in in, in strong uh, strong used car value, and we're seeing it in in lower sales volume overall. And it's it's a it's a it's a tough. It's a tough time for the muscle car segment. And, I mean, if there's anything that the Camaro can rest its laurels on, it's that it's not getting whomped on as hard as the Mustang is. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, but, you know, third place to the Challenger, like, that doesn't happen very often. It didn't happen very often even back in the 60s and 70s. Right. And, and, and this is, like, the second month in a row that Camaro's coming mm-hmm. third amongst the Mustang and Challenger, something mm-hmm. that has never happened since we've been watching the sales figures since the uh, fifth gen was re- was introduced in 2009. And you guys you guys touched on this earlier, they're deep deep discounts on Challenger, right? It but even even they are uh even even the Challenger is 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 fighting with, you know, strong aftermarket demand. But or not aftermarket, but used car market demand. But when you go on Woodward Avenue, you see, like, who's cruising around with what? You see probably more, more Mopar than, than you would have seen five years ago, ten years ago. When I used to hang out there, everyone was still into, you know, Subarus and, and Evos and things like that. Just stuff that's just really yeah. quick, light to light, you know, you know you're, maybe even your street racing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's something that, that not everyone likes to acknowledge, but it's definitely something that people participate in. It's something that makes the car really appealing. Just just getting into roll races, and and beating you know how how fast can can you make your your muscle car right? That's why the that's why the aftermarket exists, right? Oh, right. And everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people on on Woodward right now, they're all riding in Challenger three ninety twos, Charger three ninety twos, Hellcats up the wazoo, which also tells you that people are willing to pay. 70 grand for a muscle car. No doubt. Boy. No doubt. <sighs> I, I take my Jeep Grand Cherokee, my daily driver, into the dealership, and they've got Hellcats galore. And, God, they're, they're neat cars. They're great cars. And then I walk over to that price tag, and I'm like, why would you? why would you not get a ZL1 for this money? Now, do, do you think also, and I think we may have touched on this before too, is do you think with the, with, with the introduction now of the Dodge Demon, this is something that's actually bringing people into the showroom, and they're look, you know, oh, let's get some more information on the Dodge Demon. Oh, I guess I can't afford this, um, so let's let's look at you know a, another Challenger. There is the halo effect, right? But there's also um, it's it's not just 
going to the going to the 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 Dodge dealer and realizing you can't afford a demon. It's also the uh, the aftermarket that's benefiting from this. I've talked to people from uh, Rennick. I've talked to people from Hennessy. I've talked to people from Roush, Ligenfelter, and a lot of them are saying that the demon is really kind of like boosting interest in aftermarket and performance engineering. And what does everyone say when they go to these shops? They say, I want to be a demon. Yeah. It's not, I want to be the ZL1. It's not, I want to be a Shelby. It's, I want to be the demon. <laughs> Make my X car go this fast. And, you know, mm-hmm. in the case of, of Ligenfelter, in the case of Hennessy, they've got amazing tuning programs for Camaros and and even even challenge you've got you've got guys just that have Hellcats and they're just like oh I want to be the demon now I can't get one so I'm gonna you know see what what some shop can do to add another 150 horsepower to it the the aftermarket is really enjoying this right now it's, it, a, it's a good time and I can't wait to see uh, SEMA this year oh SEMA's gonna be great SEMA's gonna be crazy yeah you had you had people making I mean look at look at it this way you had a lot of people making Hellcat wide bodies before. Dodge introduced the Hellcat yeah. wide body. Now what? Now you're going to make a wider body? <laughs> I don't know. A mega wide. Yeah. I, I drove that thing on Gingerman on, on Wednesday, man. I got that the thing, what? Uh, the Hellcat wide body. Oh, thing, okay. Thing is all tires. You just like <laughs> it, it's just holding it's just holding these corners, and you're just like, oh, that's that's literally like you can just feel that you know it's it's the tire just like gripping onto like this like outer edge and just kind of like moving the car forward at a speed that it. Honestly, something that big has no business going around a corner, but it does. But again, like, you know, the road course is not why a Hellcat was built. And it's not, I think, why people are drawn to it. It's purely how fast you can go in a straight line. It's purely, you know, that that number on the spec sheet, 707 horsepower, Mm -hmm. right, for for the Hellcat, 840 for a Demon. You know, you're, you're sub 10 seconds on a quarter mile. And people... You you got to remember like the lowest common denominator. It's really really hard to get road racing right, and you know to that matter, it's also really hard to do drag racing. But like you know, at face value, you're just like okay, pedal to the metal, hit the gas, go in a straight line, stop, and you know, do it again. yeah, do it again. <laughs> it's the easiest way to race somebody. It's the easiest way to to you know basically like get into motorsport. Um, you know, aside from like autocross or something, but you yeah. can go to Milan Dragway and just like just go. That's how I got into it. I right, yeah. Milan, or it, Detroit it, Dragway, or when it was around, and it wasn't road course racing, was it? No, it wasn't. No, no, I was uh, drag racing my fourth generation Camaro. Yeah, and it with, it's fun with the with the Gen Six. It, it it's such a good road racer and such a good road course performer. And to that end, like it's also really good in the straight line. But it it's almost like it's it's lost some focus um, on the core market, and the core market is about going light to light, doing roll races, going to the drag strip. You know, that's probably more often where you're going to see a muscle car. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. You know, you, 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 we don't need to sit here and manipulate uh, the segment into something that it's not known for because it does carry a lot of legacy. And the people that are buying these cars are from a time where they knew what the cars were in straight lines. It was just straight line racing, you know. Yeah, there was there was road racing with the 350s, and there was road racing with the Z28, and and stuff like that. But I mean, again, far and away, when you go to Woodward Avenue, like that's for Southeast Michigan. That that that's what it's about. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it made me think of um, Chris. You and I met at a, at the Milan Dragway. Yep. I think it was both our first times going down the strip, right? Yep. It sure was. And then I don't want to say it was that later that year or the year later I tried autocrossing, and until then I thought that drag racing was it. I, I grew up watching drag racing. I, I went to my first drag race when I was like four years old. You know, that's all it was in my life. But when I tried autocrossing, it was unbelievable, and I really, really fell in love with it. I didn't really do much with it, but I never forgot that. Holy crap! There's really something to this in this little parking lot. Yep. I didn't know you're into autocrossing. Oh yeah, uh, I I I thought it, I thought it was excellent. Um, it's it was 
I had uh, a guy named Jim Madison who used to work for Pontiac, and he owned or owns Pontiac Historic Services to this day. Super cool guy, and he kind of coached me because he did a lot of racing in in his days. And uh, it was it was just like a simple introduction to autocrossing, but it was something that was really cool. In fact, I've actually considered um, taking that Z06 of mine. I was going to say you you've got the car. You know, it's a really really good car for that. <laughs> yeah. Wait, waiting for the old uh, Optima Street Challenge to come through and see what <laughs> I can do. No, uh, you could probably find a. There's got to be like an SCCA region that you can look up and they probably have a solo schedule. It's well into the season and nationals is in a month. But, um, you know, I just, just from my own experience too, like I got into autocross and just kind of like showing up cause a friend was like, yeah, come to, come to this. And I was really interested. I was just like, Oh wow. And you also, you, it's fun. And then you also realize that you don't know Jack squat about driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, eventually it's just like it's something it's either going to, you know, if you want to get better as a driver, I, I autocross my daily driver because it may, to me, it makes the most sense. Which is a Volt. It's a Volt. I autocross a 2017 <laughs> Volt. That is awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I've got it. Uh, I've got the magnetic numbers on the side. It's all, it's red and black. So it kind of looks like, and it's a, it's a white Volt. So it kind of looks like a space shuttle because it's got the black trim going on. Nice. So it's like a NASA nice. livery going on. It gets a lot of looks, and the cool thing is that the, you know, GM also comes to the Detroit Region Autocross events in official capacity, and they'll show up uh, with Gen Six Camaros. They'll show up with Grand Sport Corvettes C Sevens. Um, I don't think I think there might have been one Z06, and uh, they'll just they'll enter them in all sorts of different classes. They'll put different wheels on them, tires on them. They'll put them on uh, drag radials and they'll see how these cars perform. And they're all just sitting there and they're just like on their computers, just recording that data. And it's just like, Oh, what are you guys up to? Right. And, yeah. But it's cool. Cause you see these guys like Bill Weiss, he was, he was, uh, yeah. I think it was a season opener of 2016. He came to, uh, the autocross, uh, the SEC season opener and he just crapped on everybody right this is the guy, this is the guy that did the Nürburgring run yeah right and he's the guy I drove with um, when we were in Spring Mountain when we when yeah we did the, yeah I, the runs I had I had uh, Aaron Link yeah who's another just in, yeah, incredible, incredible driver and yeah these these guys it, it, it's no joke to get to the level that they're at and this the sort of talent that is on the Camaro team it's really like it is incredible and you know they're they're all road racers right like I, I think Weiss did Formula Continental, right? That, that's that's open wheel racing, and he's on Camaro, right? It's, it's not it's awesome. It's not something that you would necessarily think about, but it's like you can kind of see that that transfer of the mentality into the car because it's it is such a good you know track car, such a good road racer. But you know, again, you 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 look at you look at the sales, you know, leaves you wondering what's going on. Yeah, comes back to that, doesn't it? It mm-hmm. always does. It always does, and, and and it seems like we have to revisit this every time the sales figures come out because you got one side that's like, oh, the Camaro's not doing good. Look, it's up against a ten year old Challenger, and the brand new six gen's getting his butt kicked. Um, let me bring up some comments. I, I saw one comment that was uh, on. I posted the the sales on on the Camaro show here, and let me see. I just wanted to read a comment real quick. Where is it? Uh, I'm still waiting for my grilling session. (laughs) Okay, it says, The 10-year-old Challenger still holds its retro muscle car appeal. The Mustang is cheaper, but quickly losing its muscle car appeal. The Camaro... Iona 2010 SS has changed from the muscle car to a sporty non-muscle sleek refined lines and that's nice if you can't afford a Z06 Fet but we're talking about a pony car not an elite Ferrari eater there are many 6 gen Camaros to choose from in new car lots because they blend in traffic it matches the front ends of the Cruze, Impala, Malibu, Chrysler 200 yes yes (laughs) it's a faster engine it weighs less Whoopity flippin' do. If you don't look good, how fast you get pulled over doesn't really matter. The, 
The big three made three distinctive retro models, and they were the most exciting cars to come since the original 60s, 70s muscle cars they were designed from. The Camaro designers could have taken a great lead if the 6th gen would have come out in a design of the original 2nd generation? Yeah, I don't know about that Aerodynamics uh, might just kill the future of cool cars. Instead, all vehicles will continue to blend together. Look at all the vehicles. If it wasn't for a, bland, a brand plate, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference from a Kia to a Chevy to a Toyota to a Honda. Blended ugliness. <laughs> well, it, wow. it, I don't think it's aer aerodynamics is one aspect that, that's shaping how you, know, you can design a car. But um, a lot of it is safety. A lot of it is mm -hmm. just like, you yeah. know, it, it's the collision stuff. And, you know, when it, there's only so many physically, you know, effective shapes. Right. There's only so much geometry you can use. And I, I'm sure, like, over time, you know, we'll be able to do all sorts of different shapes. But, you know, we're, I don't think we're there yet. They're probably spending just as much time in the wind tunnel as the next guy. All things considered, the profile of a Camaro is really aggressive. You know, yeah. it, it, it's a very strong profile. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with the profile of the Camaro. I also happen to like the design. That said, you know, the guy might have a point of it not being distinct enough from the other. Even Bob Lutz is saying yeah. stuff like that. Yep. And, you know, everyone seems to value his opinion. And, and that's what we're hearing specifically from our audience. Um, why they're not buying a sixth generation car, it looks too much like a fifth generation car. And yeah, mm. thank you. You mm -hmm. touched on that in your article as well. Yeah, I did. Um, it, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and, and say that it needs to be some sort of like retro interpretation of the second gen. Yeah. But there, I think there needed to be a bit more evolution. There's only one vehicle, one brand, uh, one, 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 one vehicle family that has uh, been able to, to get away with this time and time again. It's not Ferrari, right? It's not. It's not Ford. It's not. It's not anyone who you know you might think would be obvious, but Porsche, right? Porsche, like you, you, a nine eleven looks like a nine eleven looks like a nine eleven looks like a nine eleven, mm -hmm. and true. And that whole vehicle family, right, also tries to borrow nine eleven styling cues. They get away with it year in and year out. I don't think that Camaro buyers are necessarily used to that, even though. Again, when you look at it on paper, when you look at the amount of variance that you can get uh, of a Camaro, you know, it, it kind of looks like, you know, it can mirror a 911 in the variety that, you know, the amount of different 911s you can get, the amount of different Camaros you can get, you know, and who knows, we're, we're probably not even done with the amount of Camaro variants we can get. The product life cycle is not done yet. We know that there's a refresh coming. We're seeing spy photos of yep. it. Yep. And, you know, in, in much of the same way, when the uh, when the 14 Camaro came out as a refresh, they introduced the Z28. Yep, they sure did. And that was a big one. Um, you know, who's to, who's to say they won't do that again? But is, you know, an even more aggressive and even more over the top, even a more like, you know, road course crusher, what the market wants? I personally don't think so. I think that they should make something that is akin to a demon. Um, and the Copo doesn't count because it's not road legal. I think that the appeal of the demon is more than just what the face value is, which is it's a nine second car, but it's quote unquote banned from NHRA. And, and uh, you know, it just, it, it's banned from the NHRA. Like it's cool. A nine mm -hmm. second car, <laughs> <clears throat> but it, it is road legal. And it's not about people that are going to go to an NHRA sanctioned event and drag race it. It's about people who are going to take it to something like Texas Mile or all these other, like, you know, unsanctioned, you know, loosely regulated uh, drag racing events that go, you know, eighth mile, quarter mile, half mile, full mile. And it's going to just be about guys that are doing roller racing in the streets. Just, yeah, that's, that's what it's that, going to be. It's just what it's going to be. Like, I mean, it's not. You know, no one likes to talk about it because the lawyers don't want to admit to that because they're just like, oh, we're building our, you know, we're building a street racer. It's like, no, you know, you're not right. But there's no one stopping anyone from street racing anything. No. Of course not. But there is, there is that sort of like that underground market appeal there. 
And, you know, I think the challenger is kind of stealing the spotlight as that kind of bad boy uh, image car. Hmm. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I think the I think the Camaro and that they're they're putting such a focus on on the road course. You can only really appreciate a car like the ZL1 1LE on the road course, or you know a a 1LE mm-hmm. V8 SS 1LE on the road course. It's hard to appreciate it, you know, racing light to lights on Woodward, right, right. or you know some industrial park. <laughs> well, that's why I want to get my hands on one of these ZL1s because yeah. uh, you know. L keeps calling it the triple threat. You know, it's uh, it's going on the road course. It's going on the drag strip. It's going on the street. And the old the old ZL one was too the Gen yeah, five. Absolutely, the, I loved that car. Loved it. The the Gen five Camaro family uh, to me, I've I'm it, it's going to always fascinate me. I think like well into my career as an auto journalist and 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 and, and farther along, like even as like cars continue to like evolve, because you had a you have you have a vehicle family. And you had one of them that was uh, basically SCCA approved, and you had another one that was NHRA approved. Neither of which were the ZL1 or the Z28, <laughs> right? Like you had, yeah. you had the one LE had a lot of like SCCA input, and oh. then you had the Copo that's just like that. This is an NHRA <laughs> car, and it just goes to show like the the depth of that lineup was yeah. was really something. And I think that again with the six, it's just well we're gonna do more of what we did before. And we're we gonna different. We have a different platform to work with. Different platform, and it it's really good on the road courses, and it's very you know it's very light relative to the Gen Five. Yeah, it's a leaner car. Um, you can, you know, you you've got the other thing too is the uh, the engines that you can get. You you had just a six and an eight with the Gen Five. Now you have the two liter turbo, and the six and the eight. And I I stand by saying that. It's gonna. That's a. That's a tough one to swallow. That's a tough pill to swallow for for a lot of Camaro buyers, because you know the six was one thing, but a four. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a balanced car. Like I, I, the, it, it's it's a the engine. You know, it, it keeps the nose weight down really well. It 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 feels really good when you're turning. Um, but. I've I've driven other four cylinder engines and I know there are there are better sounding ones and I would be quick to say Mustang EcoBoost but the Mustang EcoBoost is significantly like pricier than the entry level Camaro Turbo hmm. but you know that it doesn't even uh, to me like it doesn't even sound good like <laughs> like, like a hair dryer it is like a yeah or like a hair like yeah just, <laughs> It's. I mean, even that. Like, even a hair dryer sometimes sounds more exciting than <laughs> what I experienced with it. I. I just like if it kind of like came from the factory with like something. The 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 best one of the best like 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 uh, four cylinder engines sounds. It, it comes from uh, Fiat, the Abarth, right? That's not. Oh, a, yeah? It's not a two liter turbo, but that thing is just it's so mean. Or you remember the uh, the SRT four neon? Oh, of course. So, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mean, mean sounds, right? And even the or the the boxer fours from from the Subaru uh, WRX or SCA, oh, yeah. like they all sound really good. That... Why can't a Camaro have you know a, a just like a very seductive exhaust note on the on the four cylinder and on the base level engine? Um, Longer wheelbase. Oh shenanigans! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think you know just kind of making it. More, more appealing to, to the mass crowd, right? When they people that really care about the exhaust note, they really care about profile, they care about stance, they care about acceleration, straight line. They don't really care about the road course. If the casual Camaro buyer will not be able to point the Nurburgring out on a map, it doesn't matter how <laughs> fast it goes around the ring. It you it it's almost like a it's it's answering a question that not a lot of people asked. Okay. Bench racing at its finest. Bench racing, yeah, but but, but granted, I'm I'm sure the engineering team um, they use a lot of the stuff learned at the Nurburgring to filter down into other cars and to make it maybe not as you know uh, as as much a track killer, but um, you know improve little things here and there in the car. Um, yeah, just like overall, you know, noise vibration, yeah, harshness. Things like that, but still, you know, you can do that at Milford. 
you know a lot mm-hmm. of it a lot of it you can do at milford uh that that place it, it's such a state of the art facility um and it, it but it doesn't stop the performance team from going to the ring or vir or you know big willow will springs right all over the place the first time i ever road raced a car ever i was invited to a gm media event for the fifth generation zl1 and it was at vir (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is the first time i ever road raced a car and it was at vir well you didn't you didn't race (laughs) i didn't really race no but we did get up to we uh got up to speed yeah that's that's an intense so basically like if you from what i heard if uh if you're an um uh, a vehicle dynamics engineer because they they have like that internal like rating system like your level four your level five yeah, like I yeah. think it was like level goes up to six. I think you had to be uh, a level five driver to test a car on VIR. It <laughs> it was like a five or six. It was like a maximum level is like for VIR. That's it because it is it's a very like technical track. And there's a lot going on in there. At yeah, VAR. yeah. It's also narrow. Yeah, and they didn't put anybody in the car with me. They're just like here you go, yeah. follow the leader. And it was, um, I don't know, 38 degrees in the morning when we first went on the track. So we were, like, going back and forth, back and forth, trying to warm up the tires so they weren't, like, icy. <laughs> I remember the uh, the mm. the Longweed Z28 event was at Barber in, I think it was in Alabama, Barber okay. Motorsports Park. And it was in, like, uh, I think, like, February or something. Snow in Alabama. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was that was back when Monty was uh, putting that stuff together. He for a while he he thought he was a jinx because he would have just like crazy weather follow him in very unassuming oh, places. Those tires would not work well with snow. No, no, oh, man. <laughs> I don't well, think they work at all. Were those Trofeo R tires? Z twenty eight. They would not work at all. <laughs> well, you, I mean, they were road legal tires, but then yeah. you know you put I don't know like a couple thousand miles on those things, and you're already cording them on the inside because the camber is so aggressive. You should have, you know, all things considered, still trailer that car to the track because, you know, just for the sake of your tires, or at least have like another set. Yeah. Look how many sets we went through at Gingerman. What <laughs> a stack of Z28 tires. Yeah. At Gingerman. I remember that. Yeah. And they they tried to change them all out during lunch, but I think they only got to like two cars. Oh, and that's that's the reason why I say I I, I spun out on the track. I, I blame it on the tires, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Racing ain't cheap. No, it's no. not. No, it's not. Like, actual racing ain't cheap, let alone, you know, going to a track day, which you already got to drop, like, I think, 300 bucks between your entry fee and your insurance, you know, in case something happens. Yeah. Plus your set of tires that you're inevitably going to go through. That's, you know, depending on your car, depending on your set of tires. I mean, this is why people, like, they, they just use Miatas, right? Yeah. Like, if, mm-hmm. you, if you just want to have fun... You're gonna probably find, you know, within your budget. And again, like seventy thousand dollar track toys, you can you can buy a Miata and all the parts and a replacement car for that same amount of money. Would you guys write the one time uh, doing a brake job on a Z06 was the equivalent of buying a Chevy Cruze? Yeah, it was. It, carbons, man, they're not cheap. Ay ay ay. Yeah. It, it's One more a, reason why I bought a 6th gen Z06. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too is like even though you know the MSRP and and the the performance for the money. This is that's the Chevy's MO, right? The performance for the money, no matter what, even if these cars are are creeping, you know, ever so slightly higher, they still do incredible things for the money. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, you, you sit there and you you talk to the guy who probably tried. You know, and saved up like a, to just to get his ZL11 LE or his Z06 or something, and he got it with the carbon ceramic brakes. And you know, next thing you know, he's like, "Yeah, you might have to replace something." Yeah. And you're gonna get the bill, and you're like, "Oh man!" And and again, like the really high maintenance bills for a Chevrolet <laughs> in you know that 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 ecosystem. You're not right. you're not you're not buying a Ferrari. You're not buying an Aston right. Martin. You're not buying a Porsche where, like, these people know how to make your life better. They know how to kiss ass. They, like, they <laughs> they make it easier for you. Yeah. But, like, th- these are the – it's the same ecosystem where you're selling 
sparks where exactly. it's just like you know really just you know turn and burn uh-huh. economy cars and you know that that's why it's just like <laughs> the uh the cars like the Camaro and the Corvette right they they're basically selling you 100 and 150,000 dollar cars but they're giving you the GM dealer discount right or like the experience discount <laughs> well that can lead into something that we're seeing a lot of spy shots the new Corvette so we're seeing we're seeing spy shots for maybe a, a new ZR1 Corvette and we're seeing spy shots for what they're calling the mid-engine Corvette can Chevrolet um I don't know can I've, can I've, they sell a a $200,000 car or do what do you, we talked about this not too long ago do you think a mid-engine Corvette is going to come on you anywhere under 200,000 I I do I I do? do I think, I do I, I I think it'll be just a touch under that, under that. And Chris, to answer your question, yeah, they're, they're going to sell a ton of them, considering how much the Ford GT costs. Yeah. Or I mean, but again, like for that, for that money, you can. I personally don't think. I, I think it might be closer to one hundred than two hundred. That's just okay. me. Um, which I think again, it's like oh, mid-engine supercar. Because even a loaded up Z06 is like damn near one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If you get a, uh, especially when you get the convertible, because it just like ticks up the MSRP like just that much higher. But yeah, it's like you can get. I think a. I think the most expensive one is something like one twenty, fully loaded convertible with the weird paint and weird stripe options and stuff like that. But um, all the carbon fiber, everything. mm -hmm. I don't know how many of those they sell. There's probably really rare birds there, but. (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're getting ready to shut down the Corvette factory, aren't they? Yeah, for uh, about a month. Yeah. yeah they were, yep, they're, they're retooling. Completely. They're putting in a, a whole new line. They just rolled out the last um, Corvette built on the quote-unquote old line. Oh, so they're, they're they're ripping all the old tooling out, and they're introducing new stuff, and you're going to see you know, next-gen Corvettes or even like, I think there's a refresh coming. Because there's a recent spy photos coming out. Uh, uh, I think it was Motor One. Uh, we saw them on Motor One, and uh, they said it was like, "Oh, this is the new ZR1." I was like, "No, it's not. It's still got mm. like it's still got the you know it's not a wide body. It's still a steel uh, steel ro- rotors, and it just didn't seem very aggressive looking. Even though that the front fascia had that new style, um, it was really like low on the. They only camoed up like the rear and the and the front. The midsection was was all body color. It was it was so naked. another maybe a midcycle refresh. I think that the the Corvette, you know, for once ever is getting a midcycle <laughs> refresh. Yeah, imagine yeah. that. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah, six never really got it. Five didn't get it. No, nope. four didn't get it. Three. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think it needs it because uh, I mentioned this before. I don't like the C7. I think it's just got Boo. too much going on. <laughs> I don't. Boo. It's got too much, too many vents and little Boo. angles and little stick-on dealies and Boo. It's, it's not clean. You you ha, suck. Have, Shut have up. You, have suck. you have you have you seen the front end of a ZL1 1LE? Do you see how many angles and and all sorts of crazy look, arrow they have on the front look, of that? It, look, it looks like a it fell out of a UFO. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of action going on in that front. Yeah, there is. Looks like Predator. <laughs> right, but look at the side of a C7. Those those the, what, are those that those slashy venti things useful or are they just for decoration? Slashy venti. Yes, it's all functional, Jason. <laughs> really? All yeah, of, yeah, oh, all of it. Why? Why? <laughs> because yeah. it's not sealed. It's a. It's all opened up for preventing, for, for uh, mostly for venting the brakes and and just providing superior airflow. Does it really need it though? Yeah. Well, I know the Z06 does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's not. It's not just the engine, right? It's it's being able to cool the brakes, just getting you know fresh, you know, ambient air coming in there. Right. True. I get that. But and my car has it too. But it's not so out there it's, it's very subtle it does the job instead of looking good yeah but it doesn't do the job as well as a what the ventilation work on a seven does oh, man i'm keeping it real dog looking good <laughs> you're all about subtle 
Yeah, that, that is very subtle, true. My, person, yeah. my personality in vehicles is very smooth, very there, subtle, very absolutely nothing and... wrong with a C6 Z06. If, if anything, I think that car is like fine wine. I think you're, you know, you, you've got a car that's going to continue to be appreciated for years. Right, I will say this. I don't like the chrome strip, the horizontal chrome strip on the on the front grill of the C7. That's one thing that I really can't stand. Well, you can delete that. Um, they actually, you can get basically a Z06 grill insert. and You shouldn't have, have to. Well, you can also just get a blackout <laughs> option. Like it's it's all, you, you, you can do a lot of things with the with the with the uh, the Corvette now. You don't have to make it look like it wears a retainer. <laughs> That's very very well put. It does look wow. like it has that. Yeah. yeah. You know you know what else I could do with a C7? Um live in it because if I bought it at that price, my wife would throw me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could especially if you if you kept it with um, you know, if you didn't get the uh convertible. Because that whole I do, hatch I, do, I the, do like them. I just think they're just a little too much. For my taste, yeah. my my styling taste. Well, we've we've seen some Camaros rolling around here, um, camoed. Some of them only camoed in the back end. Um, yeah. So we're we're looking. We're probably looking at a mid-cycle refresh coming either nineteen or twenty. When do you think it's it's coming? Uh for Camaro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so the RPOs I think just came out for for what was it for eighteen. Um, so yep. we can. Yep. So it's not eighteen, right? right? No, no, 18's already out. Yeah, uh, it could be as soon as nineteen. Nineteen, it could be. Right. That'd be a year earlier than the the fifth generation. So fifth generation went ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and then refreshed in fourteen, fifteen, and then the sixth gen six. It, I, I don't know how long they're planning on keeping. You know this the the sixth generation out. But, you know, based on the spy photos and, you know, we've seen them for a little while and the overall uh, lack of, it's just, you know, well, they're heavily wrapped the front end and they'll wrap the back end still. Yeah. Because um, I think the ones that don't have the front end wrapped are the ZL1s because they can't change the front end because they got all those heat extractors. Yeah, that was that was the issue yeah. they ran into with the Gen 5 yep. is that the only one that didn't see the, the fascia, front fascia upgrade was the ZL1. Yep. Um, possibly you, you could also just have seen, you know, just an older mule. They have those too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you, you, for me, it's, it's just about like going spy, spy photos do a lot because once you understand like, you know, the, the, hmm. the product cycle, right? Like how long it takes. Like usually if you see a car, cause you know, if you've done this for a while, long enough time, you, you can tell like if you can see if it's just like all covered in just like, you know, black cladding and stuff like that like it's it's a ways out it's like you know two and a half years out okay at least but then when they start to peel it back a little bit and it's just uh see the black and white and you just see the black and white stuff the checkerboard stuff like you know maybe you know it's another year another year down the road right um but yeah i think with with 18 uh model year rpos already out um we're we're probably yet looking at the not too distant future for uh for for gen 6 uh refresh Maybe they're looking at sales, and they're saying, well, maybe we should uh, bring up the refresh a year earlier than we did the fifth gen, maybe kickstart something. Maybe something. I think one thing that they could do um, to improve, another thing that they could do to improve uh, Gen 6 sales is to find a way to get um, the MSRP down on getting a V8. Uh, because basically, Ford and Ford and Dodge will sell, will sell you a V8 for you know significantly cheaper on both ends. And while the uh, while the LT one is incredible, right? It's it's an amazing engine. It's still it's it's out of reach for a lot of people. And when you're again, if you've got thirty thirty five grand in the bank and you want something fast, you want something loud, and and you know you don't want a V six, you don't want a four cylinder, you want something that that that's got like a really gnarly. Exhaust known has a lot of pull, has a lot of horsepower. Y- you have options, and it's not even you know, Jason. In your case, right? It's not even just about the new cars. You can go secondhand, and you can get something really freaking good, really fast, really loud, really powerful. Um, still turns heads. You don't you don't need to settle for for a new a new car, um, just based on the value you can get on the secondhand market. So if they can bring if they can bring that down, you're because you're not only fighting you know against like Ford and Dodge in that case, you're fighting 
in the used car market. So you you have to try and make that competitive. Hmm. And I got to tell you, there's something there because my first Camaro, second Camaro, third Camaro, I bought them all brand new. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really weird for me to go, yeah, I'm going to buy a previous generation Corvette. I mean, something I've never done when it came to a performance car. I, I'd always bought the current generation. And I said in, my, in the last episode, or last week, it, had that Camaro SS been just a few thousand cheaper, I would have never, ever considered that Corvette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Hmm. Yeah, I, feel, that I, I, I still feel weird. Because yeah. I've got all this Camaro memorabilia. I've got behind me here in my, in my studio, I've got the giant Welcome Camaro Disciples foam board with all the signatures of the Disciples when we were staying at the host hotel when we were doing one of our Disciple gatherings. And and there's no Camaro in my garage for the first time in many, many years. Well, you know what this means, Jason. That I'm old? Well, you're going to have to do a <laughs> Corvette show podcast now. <laughs> no. <Just> be, yeah. <laughs> Go find mm, I don't think so. A couple douchebags and <laughs> no, all, 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 I, I you, very, all you got to do is surprised is, to find that the Corvette, the C6 Corvette enthusiast world is extremely strong. Like not just oh my god, a bird pooped on my car, I'm going to go shoot myself, but like <laughs> like performance parts are still being developed for the C6. Mm-hmm. I, I I was very amazed at that, and, and of course very happy at the at the same time. Well, I think that. You know, if you if you do like road racing and you do like autocross and you do like you know the overall time attacks, uh, the the C six is a is a great car for that. Just just is. I I I want a C six Grand Sport. I think that that's an amazing car. You know, because I can't afford a a C seven Grand Sport. <laughs> but that's you know that's another conversation, right? Yeah, you and me both. Let, let's bring it. Let's bring it back full circle, though. We talked about how the fifth gen still has a great following, just like the sixth gen Corvette, the fifth gen Camaro does. Sure. Mm-hmm. Is it is is it really the same thing? The fifth gen Camaro still has a really strong following, even though that the sixth gen is just going strong. The fifth gen has a great aftermarket, a great enthusiast group. Is that is the fifth gen strength and longevity? hurting the sixth gen is that part of the ingredients that's that's giving the sixth gen a bit of a hard time from gaining the traction that the fifth gen did eh, it's intrinsic it could could be true um yeah i believe th- it yeah i you you really just kind of have to look, follow instinct on that one um well i said it so it must be true it must be true i've talked yeah. to several people and i've said hey you're gonna you know get a sixth gen it's like why it's like, well, you know, it's a, it's a you know, LT1, it's a, it's a lighter car. It's like, yeah, but it still looks the same. And I really love my car, so I really don't see a big enough difference for me to trade up or trade in or to go to a 6th gen. Speaking Chris, of, you know what you say at that time? What? You know what you say at that time, Chris? You say, yeah, but the 5th gen's a fat pig. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I mean, fat of a car, but that that said, you, I think that Chevy could do a better job in the marketing and on getting people to understand the differences between six and or uh, between yeah between five and six yeah. And maybe that's what that mid cycle refresh is going to bring. Look, it, they you can't do something like a real people not real people not actors with a car like this. It has to kind of be something of its own. You know, it's got to be on its own merit, uh, and you can't just have a Camaro display at a at an IMSA event or a NASCAR event either. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, you, it, it takes a lot of, uh, educating, I think, because they, they kind of made it harder for themselves by keeping the design and the style so similar. And, and, and I know they did that for, for a reason. Well, it's because uh, of the success of the five. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, little did they assume that it wouldn't work out as well as it works out for Porsche. Only Porsche is able to really do this. Yeah. And it's either for whatever reason, it's brand cachet, it's the low volume, it's the dealer experience, it's the education level of the customer where they really study the product. Could be, you know, it's a, it's a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Only time will tell. We'll, yeah. we'll keep watching the numbers every month like we always do and see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What I always say is. When you see when you see uh, Chevrolet like giving tons and tons of incentives for the car, then you know well they they really need to push these cars. Yeah, I I, I 
they were they've GM's been very disciplined in in holding back the incentives. Yeah. Um even as the sales have been lower and you know and lower still. Uh but you know I think that they are looking at industry strength as a whole, segment strength as a whole and they're just like we don't need to lose our heads over this. Right. This is uh it's an industry-wide thing. Right. And you know, time will tell on that one. Another thing that's going to help is resale value on the car. Resale value on the car is going to help. I see because the, the resale value on the five continues to be strong. You know, for, for as as secondhand Gen sixes go, I I haven't studied too much on the Gen six resale value. Um, Jason, I don't know if you have, or Chris, I don't know if you have. So that'd be that'd be it's, something. It's, it's only been consider. out for you know we've got sixteen and seventeen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep watching for another year and and then see because I think usually in the third year that's when you're gonna see more 16s going up I think mm-hmm. for sale yeah. yeah let's I'm gonna go on a you got you guys you guys chat it up I'm gonna go on Auto Trader real yeah, quick go ahead <laughs> um when you were looking for your ZL1 what was your price range because you're looking for a four specifically for the refreshed one right the 14 or 15 the, right. Um, forty to forty-five thousand, same as my range on the Corvette. Okay, that's, that's I could not... I, again. I couldn't find the right one. Right, came close, came really close. Um, in fact, one of the first ones that I saw when I started looking at them, I should have jumped on because it was perfect. It was perfect in every way. It would have been in my garage right now had I jumped on it. Hmm. I didn't, and then from that point on, I could not find the right combination. Either I had a sunroof, which I could have lived with, or it didn't have the Recaro seats, which, again, I could have lived with, or it didn't have the suede interior package, which, again, without it, I could have lived with. But then they would have all those, and it was perfect, and then it would be an automatic. <laughs> it, was yeah. just, it just wasn't there. And yeah. I'm like, man, I just want to get something. I'm dying here. Yeah. I'm dying. Well, I think I, I, I think I got rid of my ZL1 uh, at the right time. Uh, you should have sold price it to me, wise, I, I, I could have. <laughs> I could have. Should have. Um, well, I don't think you were in the market for a car at that time. Well, you, you just hold on for a little while and help a brother out. <laughs> um, but yeah. And laugh it up now. Yeah. Corvette will toast your Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you can, you can uh, get a Camaro 2016 SS Coupe, 9,390 miles. For thirty grand, really? Yeah, reduced. What? It says reduced. Oh, nine thousand miles. You said. Yeah, nine 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 three nine. Wow, it's almost exactly what my Corvette had. Nine thousand miles. Ninety three hundred miles. Yep, ninety three and change. Wow, boy, <laughs> don't I feel stupid. It's tough. Is yeah. that a, is that a two SS car? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Hmm. That was that was dumb. No, I, I do really like the Corvette. I do. I do. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun car. You take it on the road course yet? Or autocross it? Oh, you didn't autocross it yet. Heck, I've barely driven it. Heckin' drive it. <laughs> Go heckin' drive it. Yeah. Heckin' drive it? Heckin' A. Have you have you driven it to the Corvette uh, Museum yet? Ooh, yeah. Did actually, you do that? Go to Bowling um, Green? Actually, no. I almost did. And then I decided not to it because I figured that was a corvette thing to do. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's almost as if you're. You, are you really that ashamed that you got a Corvette? I just don't want to be labeled as a Corvette guy. Okay. Well, if you, so long as you don't wear a pair of jorts when you're driving it. Yeah, and you know, and, and do the wave. In a hey, weird, what's the what's the mileage on that Camaro you were looking at? It was a nine thousand three hundred. And what? And change. Change. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to know what the change was though. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know. Well, you're making. Pull it back up. I. I uh, I just redid the search. Oh no! Oh. First world problems. Got to search again. Hey man, takes a long while for this uh, this internet. I don't know the interwebs. Yeah, my my interwebs for Auto Trader to really uh, listen. I, to I will tell you while you're relooking that up. Hmm. Um, I will tell you one thing. You know what I haven't done with that Corvette since I bought it well over a month ago. Washed haven't it. Haven't washed it. Haven't <laughs> washed it. Haven't even touched it. Got to detail I, it. Is it ceramic I coated? Need, I think it might be. Because nothing sticks to that. Yeah, it probably nothing. is then. 
It still smells like old dead old man inside, though. <laughs> oh. oh, God. <laughs> Come on, what's the mileage on that thing? Why don't you... 9,390. Yeah! Mine was 9,347. Yeah! Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, congratulations. I bought a car that's eight years old. (laughs) Yeah, but it it still kicks ass. Yeah. It is is timeless. It it really is. But, you know... And and you've got got the best engine. I, I will... That's probably the main reason why I bought it is because of that engine. I think just think it's cool, but I will tell you this, and this is this is true, and I haven't mentioned this before, but I will mention it now. Every time I walk out into that garage, the first thing I say is, "Man, that's a good-looking car." And then the second thing I say to myself is, "I wonder what a Camaro would look like in its place." <laughs> every, every time, every time, when I back it out of the driveway, I'm thinking, "I imagine this being a Camaro." So I think that this is just a just a step, and that's what the plan was: okay. is for it just to be kind of a, a, a stopgap, if you will, okay. between this and when I can get maybe that 2016 or 2017 ZL1 for about the same price, or maybe a little more than I bought this Corvette for. You don't think that it's maybe a phase of buyer's remorse? I, I want you to shut up right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm I exploring truly, all possibilities. Truly, I do love this car. I do. I do. But um. I don't know if I can see me being. I don't know if I could see me buying another Corvette after this one. I think this is like a this is like that kind of girl that that's awesome to date for a year, really good in the sack. <laughs> but you just want something a little fatter. <laughs> wow, wow, a little heftier. Some some somebody that cooks really well, and does laundry awesome, and is just pretty cool to slam beers with. Oh. That's a Camaro. Okay, I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> this 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 Corvette makes an awesome filet mignon, but you have to have fine wine with it. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't put out as much either. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. I think it just takes a. I think I think there's a, a a level that you haven't explored yet with that car, and you know maybe you'll find out that it's actually a freak. Since we're talking about it, not that level, but uh, last Saturday I I took the wife out for dinner and drinks, and on the way back I was in like a pack of um, cars on the highway that were all bunged together doing like five miles an hour under the under the speed limit, and I'm like, okay, honey, time to see what this bitch can do. I put the wood to that Corvette, and holy shnikes, 130 comes up real fast, really, really fast. And it sounds good doing it. Oh God! I was like, it was like the first time I drove a Camaro. I was like, oh, like that dude, Subaru WRX fan. I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, we're approaching the hour mark on the uh, the power the podcast this week, but it's been a, it's been a great show. I really Always enjoyed nice. really enjoyed having you in here, Manny, and just shooting. Just, just, just talking Camaro. The state of Camaro. Kind of like, I think, yeah. I think we need these kinds of shows once in a while, from going from facts and all that, just to let's do some car talk. Yeah. Because someone talked to a other, lot of people. Yeah. They like it. Yeah. Our, our listeners like these shows, so yeah. thank you, uh, Manny, uh, uh, for coming on in. Yeah. Anytime, guys. Yeah. It's fun. So we're we're gonna um, we're not gonna do any voicemails this week. We're gonna push those till next week. Um, but we do have a couple voicemails kind of uh, in the can right now. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll just uh, we'll just hit those up next week. So guys, make sure you guys uh, if you like the show, uh, give us a call, let us know as well, and um, hit us up with some with some more voicemails. Um, also, make sure you guys are hitting up uh, GM Authority at gmauthority.com. Tell Manny you like his stuff and uh, keep commenting there as well. Um, yeah. You guys put out a great article that we we touched on last week and I, most of the the feedback you got was was somewhat uh, I was I was I was a little worried. I thought uh I thought I was sticking my neck out and I thought the the readers were going to grill me. Um, no. But yeah, they're they're just like, yeah, you know, you're you think you got it there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we'd also like to recommend you uh, subscribe to the GM Authority newsletter. It's right on the homepage of gmauthority.com. And of course, you know, you got your Facebook and Twitter and the usual stuff, right? Yep, yep. You yep. can you can follow me directly at uh, at Motor City Greek 
That's uh, Facebook. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. That's uh, Snapchat too. Cool. Awesome. All right. Um, we will be back next week. And uh, I don't know. Oh, and YouTube. That's my YouTube channel too. Motor Sorry. City Greek. Yeah, at Motor City Greek. Yes. All right. All right. All right. Enough plugging. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Camaro Show. Don't forget, drop us a voicemail at 586-486-3182. We'll see you next week. See See ya. ya. See ya.